Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We're back. It's been a while. We're so happy to see you. We hope that you're ready for some Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I am Dungeon Master Mark Sherlock Humes, and we're here for Knights of Evening Star. And joining me, as always, my wonderful cast of wonderful players. We have Mika Burton, we have Anna Prosser, we have Nate Sharp, and as always, Jonathan Indovino, aka Shady Penguin. Uh, hello, my dear Sokka friends from from yeah. Avatar. Look Rocky at that man on with the bangs, with the little bangs it. there. Thank you. Yeah, I literally took my my hair was down to here, so I went like this with scissors. And you actually did it yourself. Yeah, I just I I don't care. Just, I, what, what am I gonna do? So it doesn't matter. It's just snip. Pandemic and outside. <laughs> you had your infant children cut your hair. I think that would have gone so well. I, re I really should have. But you know what? Well, that's content. TikTok content. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what you should have done is given yourself a legit bowl cut, like take an actual bowl and just <laughs> shady I'm not as long. The rule was it doesn't matter how bad it is as long as I can tie it up because then it doesn't yeah. matter. Like it could be a hot mess and no layers and everything, but it don't matter. The bun. Right now, with the beard, you could rock such a good, sexy adult soccer cosplay. You, you could, could, uh, you could, you could nail that for sure. I'm, Should. I'm blushing. This is too much attention. All right, we got. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move it on. Let's move it on. Uh, well, we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's been a hot minute. If you don't know, the show is called Nights of Evening Star, and it's the concept of it is that our party are a bunch of nobles or advisors, powerful figures in the land of Cormyr, which is a part of the Forgotten Realms that doesn't get a lot of love. Uh, it's a kind of land of knights and war wizards, uh, kind of Arthurian courts and Camelot mixed with like kind of French politics, uh, all kind of bundled up in a kind of classic swords and sorcery setting. Um, our party rule over a small little town called Evening Star, uh, hence the name. Uh, and they have been sent on a little mission. Uh, they, they've done a lot of work for Evening Star, but right now their primary concern was getting some gold. And you guys have accepted a mission to head to a spooky ruin to recover a lantern. We'll get more into that in the full recap, uh, which I'm going to, I forgot to write, so I'm going to improv that. Um, but before we do that, uh, as always, you know, make sure that you come and check out the VODs and, and, and check everything else. Is there anything else I've forgotten, Anna, because I'm terrible at remembering stuff to mention? I don't think so. Is everybody ready to play some D&D? &D? Does everybody remember how to play D&D? &D? Yes. We'll find out. That's the big question. Think yeah. so? Oh, yeah. I guess, I mean, like, I guess the one thing is that a couple people were asking about whether last time was our season finale and things. So hmm. I guess just to clear that up, we have a few more episodes of this season. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, I can totally say now that we also are going to have a season three. So you Yay! can look forward to that. So we this is the stuff more... that I don't know if we can say it. So yeah. I'm like, I'll let Anna do it. I I mean, I think <laughs> I, I made the call. We said it. We said, we said it. it now, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So we're going to be back. Uh, we're going to be continuing on because this one, but this is episode 25. Um, and they're normally about 12 episodes a season or thereabouts. And yeah, we're going to be back for some more um, because yeah, the adventures and the, the events of Evening Star have not yet even begun to be finished. So mm -hmm. still plenty more adventure to go. Lots of plot threads and things to hook up on. Uh, speaking of uh, last time, to kind of give you a recap of where the party is. The party have been sent to a place called Castle Braywinter in search of a lantern 
bearing the Bray Winter crest. Uh, this is done. This they're, they're doing this on the behalf of another noble woman, uh, Vanifer Bray Winter, who resides in Cormir, who has agreed to pay them a large sum of gold for the return of the lantern. On arriving at Castle Bray Winter, the party have discovered that all is not as it seems, as is the way with Dungeons and Dragons. The castle is enshrouded in perpetual nighttime and shadow. Uh, the party have been attacked by undead, strange creatures made of living shadow. Uh, the doors have been warded by strange dark magic. And they've encountered a Shadar Kai elf by the name of Gallo, who told the party that the Castle Braid Winter has been partially fused with the, with the plane called the Shadowfell. Uh, sensing, knowing that they, this lantern is still inside, the party have made their way inside. Azara is currently suffering uh, from the touch of a shadow that has drained her strength. They've encountered many, many creatures. Uh, they have taken several beatings, and now the party is looking for somewhere to rest. And the very last thing in our previous episode was they had entered an alchemy lab. Um, that they had hoped to use to rest and also potentially recover another item that could make them some money. Uh, and as they began exploring it and looting it, the room became icy cold, frost spreading across the furniture and the windows and the glass vials of the alchemy lab. And in the frosty writing, uh, a message began to appear along the window. Why are you here? And that, my friends, is where we pick back up today. So... Uh, and it might be a good idea because we have had a couple of weeks off. Maybe just give us a very, very quick, very, very quick, uh, you know, visual breakdown of your character and who you're playing. Uh, we'll start with Mika. I started with me because I look the sleepiest. I see you, Mark. <laughs> um, uh, Azara is a, is a, uh, good Lord. I'm waking up. Uh, Lord this Azara. is the other thing is it's yeah. a good kind of like let's yeah well, uh, azara is a is a uh, level seven sorcerer level two cleric uh she is she is uh descended from the the blue dragon variety she has silver hair uh she has flowing open chested robes uh she wears high heels she has this beautiful staff that she uses to channel her lightning magic um uh yeah that's that's what you wanted, right, Mark? Sure, that sounds cool. that works for me. Just a quick cool. kind of like overview, visual and and you know class and all that kind oh, of stuff. Yeah. Anna, take it away. I'm playing Agnes, the wood elf. Yeah, that's what I am, a wood elf. Uh, and I'm a druid in the circle of wildfire. So I like to set things on fire, and I am noble, but I take issue with some of what being a noble means, and I try to be for the people. There you go. Uh, shall we follow on with Mr. Shady Penguin, the other half of our two noble siblings? Hello, I'm playing Tarkle Crown Silver, who is a level eight rogue, level one warlock. He is a wood half elf, um, has black hair pulled back uh, in a bun that I wish I had behind his head, and then hair flowing through the back, uh, draped in green, a little bit more noble looking this season, thanks to the new upgrades. Uh, after being uh, thrusted into nobility, uh, he's kind of taken, I don't know, more responsibility and slightly found some confidence as a character, which is very cool. Uh, and, and he's forged, a rogue, so he does you know, stabby stabby. What happened? Forged a very slight minor magical pact with a, a strange woman that oh, he doesn't yes, really that, know that much about as well. That is true. Sometimes a locket on his cape seeps green, and then also sometimes it does nothing to enemies, even though I want it to. <laughs> the end. The end. And then last, but certainly by no means least, Nate, give us a quick rundown of who you're playing. Playing Clive of the Wild Mane, Magic Lion Barbarian Man. 
and it, I guess like magic that's, lion barbarian is all we need for the visuals as that's well, it. right? Like yeah, that's, that's, that's everything. That's visuals. That's mechanics. That's personality. That's yep. that's it. That's the whole character in three yep. words: <laughs> magic lion barbarian. Mm-hmm. Job done. Uh, well, all of you, you find yourselves in this uh, very small chambered alchemy lab. The door is broken from Clive having smashed it open to reach inside. Um, and yeah, you, I believe Azara had found a few potions. Um, and then that was when this uh, message in Frost began to appear. Uh, what is everyone doing? Going in. Yeah, I mean, you, you're already in the room. You're looking around, Clive. I don't, I don't even know if Clive would even really pay attention to this message on on the wall that's kind of appearing. It's gotten suddenly very cold. Um, there's one one of the walls is covered in a bookshelf. Seems to cover the entire length of the wall. All sorts of like old books and musty tomes. Um, some of very decrepit and worn out. There's a large stone basin, uh, a crucible for making alchemy stuff. Uh, along with a desk covered in alchemy supplies, little vials, Bunsen burners, um, tongs, that sort of thing. Uh, there does appear to be a single bed that also seems to function as a bit of a sofa. It's kind of got cushions and padding that looks like it can be kind of turned into a single bed. Um, and really, that's about it. A couple of drawers, a few wooden trunks, um, but nothing else. So, yeah, Clive is in there. Is Clive doing anything particular? Are you just going to slump we're, on the bed? or We're looking for a lantern and what was the other thing i believe well there was a potion that you uh, that was told that if you brought that back uh, lady vanifer would also pay for that but i think the main objective in coming in this room was you guys wanted to maybe take a rest as well okay. oh yeah you are all a little beaten up so anything from anyone um if did azara see this message on, on the window you have all anybody who cares to have seen the mess has seen okay. that i'm assuming clive does not care therefore he has not seen it <laughs> gotcha then azara would probably hold up her hands not letting go of her staff but to show that she means no harm um and say we mm-hmm. have only come to help we've only come to help take the darkness away from this castle The, the the window begins to frost over once again and now the kind of spidery ice-like writing uh, does a new message uh, this place contains death we are aware and we actually have come to rest in this room if you who inhabit it will allow us so we can face this death and possibly free this castle from the shadow fell. The writing frosts over once more. New message appears. Rest? Question mark. There is no rest here. And it just ends in a full stop. Well, between that and the no door, I think I don't think we're resting in here. Before we leave, I'm gonna just just check with them one more time. Um, I understand for you, there may be no rest and I am sorry for your suffering. We, however, are still in the mortal realm and to continue on require a rest. Are we safe here or would you like us to move along? You kind of feel, and it's this, every time the, 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 the windows frost over, all of you feel this 
spine tingling chill like an icy wind blows through the room but nothing moves or shifts every single vial gets kind of frosted um uh, agnes and tarkle while zara is kind of focusing on the window where this main message appears um you see other smaller messages begin to appear on the vials um the ones that kind of like azara you know where her attention is diverted away from you begin to see things such as uh little messages like you don't understand are you nobility what are you looking for like things like that like other smaller messages kind of appear um on the window another message appears in response to azara you may try, is all it says. Uh, I'll turn around to the rest of the group and say, look, I think whatever is inhabiting these rooms, this the spirit, this presence, possibly the ones who inhabited the castle, they will not bother us. They are warning us of what Gallo did warn us of, monsters in the castle, but if we all desperately need a rest, at least I do, and I'm the one who can possibly help combat this evil and we can take watch take turns hopefully get enough rest under our belt to continue on uh what are your thoughts well last if that window's giving you trouble i've i've got another idea no the window's not giving us trouble clive it seems to not want to no the window said that it's it won't bother us the the spirits will not bother us the dangers in the castle may bother us the window we want rest window says no rest i have a great window didn't say no rest window another message appears uh attack my chamber you will regret it as i was saying the window is not giving us problems the window is allowing us to rest window just threatened me the window did not threaten you the window said if Clive, can we please just... Some of the books begin shaking on the shelves. Azara, at this point, even with probably Agnes's help, is just too exhausted to argue and just collapses onto the bed. Um, yeah, it's quite soft, but a big kind of... Not dust, but um, it's got that smell of something being quite old, but unused. Yeah, uh, no yeah. dust, but it definitely has the kind of uh, very stale stench to it. Um, but it's comfortable. Oh, Zara will also yeah. look to Agnes, like pleading, like please. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's Agnes please do? Help me here. Um, Agnes will try to divert Clive's attention. Like, uh, Clive, this room must be secured. How can we put something in front of the door to keep it safe? Can we reattach the door? Is any one of us strong enough? Perhaps we should move one of these bookshelves in front of it, or we could reattach the door. I'm not not much of a, of a a handyman, but I can move a big bookshelf. I, Do you want to try think, and move the bookshelf, Clyde? I don't think we should touch anything in this room. Uh, the window it doesn't seem to, you know, we don't want to disturb the window and anything like, else. Clive looks to the window and just gives like a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a message appears. Uh, Do not disturb my books. No, go on the books. So uh, how about uh, I'll I'll keep watch. It, is the door like on the floor or something? The door's not on the floor. Clive smashed a hole in it 
and then Abel was able to reach round and basically rip off the locking mechanism to basically open the door. So the door can be shut, but it just swings open again. Like there's nothing which is going to hold it or bar it in place. It was like a big heavy wooden bar over it uh, and a lock. So okay, uh, can I? <sighs> yes. Are there are there any plants around us? This is an alchemy lab, so yeah, I'd say that there's, but they're kind of dead. They're they're not. They're all kind of like gray and withered. Um, but there's soil and maybe some like roots and things like that. But these don't look like particularly healthy plants. They look like they've been malnourished and they've not been watered. So most of them are dead at this point. But there's earth and soil and roots and things like that that maybe your druidic magic could spark into some semblance of life. Well. My thought is we basically just need to make the door stay closed and fill the hole in the door is our goal. And I can um, either entangle by causing spectral vines to come up, or I can use plant growth to inject vitality into the plants that are nearby and do a similar Mm. thing. Um, Both of them are more about like difficult terrain and restraint, but I feel like I could restrain the door and it would be similar. Well, I think the other thing that's going to be a factor here is duration, because I think that with plant growth, you can actually use it so that it's kind of a, yeah, it's like a permanent thing, right? All normal Mm -hmm. points become thick and overgrown, whereas Entangle has a duration of a minute. So I'd say plant growth. Yeah, I'd say you could use plant growth if you were lay kind of pull down some of the medicinal plants and, and, you know, arrange them in front of the door, you could cause them to create a barricade of roots and, and, you know, vines and things like that. My thought is that I leave them where they are, Mm -hmm. but I just kind of like start guiding them and like they start moving together and dancing across the ceiling and grow down and then down. I love mm-hmm. that. That's a great visual. So yeah, we see Agnes. So do you do, is that what you, you want to do that? Yeah. Agnes? You want to actually cast mm-hmm. a spell? So you begin channeling this magic kind of calling on and it's um, with your, uh, the circle of wildfire, you reach out and it's like the whole room becomes black around you and you can sense the life energy. You can sense the flames within your companions. You know, you can see this blue, almost like sparking lightning fire for Azara um, kind of, this this powerful flame that's barely being contained by this other source. Uh, in Clive, there's this almost multicolored, large, roaring fire, and it screams of pride, it screams of courage, but there's also this chaotic element to it. It can't be contained or controlled. It just seems to spiral out through the space. And then in Tarkal, you sense a kind of more refined, noble flame, um, but perhaps a little bit more diminished, a bit smaller, a bit more subtle, um, but it burns hot where it is contained. And then sensing around the own, you can just about feel these tiny embers in these potted plants, like this, this dead spark of life that's just barely there. And you kind of breathe into it with your magic and the flames begin to erupt and the plants turn green and the vines begin spreading up to the ceiling and spreading across and then you guide them down to create almost like a curtain of vines and leaves uh, across the door uh sealing it shut and and keeping it uh protected um it's it's yeah basically you've you've you know reinforced the door now so it, somebody would have to break through and break through all the vines and things like that but yeah this will definitely work at securing uh the room uh there is a message that appears kind of frosted over the window again, just like uh, it would say something like impressive. Uh, Azara will like 
grin with this sort of impressed pride that she mm -hmm. didn't know that she felt for for Agnes at seeing such a beautiful non-fiery destructive craft come from <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, it was creation, not destruction. Yeah, and, and Azara, even it's in her awesome. weakened state, will just give her a smile and then hope Agnes sure. sees it. And it's a very weak smile because I had to break my concentration. Yeah, it's fine though. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> so yeah, so you feel your body just kind of, woof, you know, completely dominated by this. Oh, actually, uh, no, I didn't. I'm still concentrating. Sorry, is it it's not instantaneous. Okay. Yeah. In that case, you're fine. Um, cool. So you have now sealed the door. You find yourselves in this uh, small alchemy room. <laughs> uh, this room is maybe about 20 feet by 20 feet. It's not very big. Uh, it looks like almost like a single person's you know room and study um, but there's enough space that like you can kind of lay out on the floor one of you can take the, the bed you can maybe pull some blankets off to try and make the, the stone cold floor a bit more comfortable um, but yeah you guys can if I, you wish can I do two things uh, first can I as I finish up with the plants doing the door can I also have them grow out onto the floor and create a nice little sleeping mat I think that you would, because it's. I think that looking at the spell, it's a pretty substantial area. You can definitely yeah. at least create that for yourself, for sure. <laughs> Great. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to do it for Tarkle and uh, Clive, but you can definitely cause, yeah, uh, it, from these small dying medicinal plants, you can create like a little uh, hammock of a sorts. Uh, this kind of like attached by vines and woven branches, but it's really just just big enough for Agnes to climb into. Um, I imagine it like she's like doing this big grand door ceiling, la la la, you know, and it finishes and then she kind of turns away and then she's like, and like throws a little <laughs> hammock in there at the end. Yeah, sure. Um, but before she lays down in it, I want to go investigate, especially the bookshelves, but any mm -hmm. of the other scholarly things in here just to see if there's anything of note or that's helpful. Sure. Um, give me an investigate check. That would be an investigation kind of like spend time looking through all the books and things like that whilst agnes does that let's check in with clive and tarkle anything you guys want to do uh i would just look over to azara to see if she's like out like a light like if she with her being weakened and stuff and as mm -hmm. long as she's like looks like she's comfortable and set up i would just uh i think i'd just sit down opposite of the door to like face the door okay sure so you're gonna like put yourself in a watch position kind of mm -hmm. thing. sure uh, anything from Clive? I think if we're resting, I'll just plop down on whatever open space of floor. Yeah, I guess being like a Leonin, you're kind of used to sleeping out on like rocks and the earth and things like that. So, you know, a stone floor is not particularly comfy, but it doesn't really phase Clive in the slightest. You kind of just curl up uh, your big thick fur and paws kind of giving you a, tail a, wraps a bed. Around. Yeah, you know, uh, give you enough kind of space and you can definitely lay down and uh, try and get some peace for all of you those of you who are going to rest here uh, whilst Agnes um, and Tarkle are kind of keeping watch it's eerily silent there's no sound apart from the sound of your other companions and when they're quiet and still there is just this ever pervasive silence that seems to cling to you um, um, Agnes what'd you get on that investigation sorry seven. No, no, no. No. I'll go after <laughs> Okay, well, seven. Unfortunately, Agnes, most of these books don't have titles. A lot of them are falling apart. There's no, you kind of start flicking through them. When you start trying to pull them out, uh, the room gets colder again. Uh, and you do see messages, do not mess up my system. 
Agnes careful. nods and goes goes to lay down. <laughs> okay, yeah, you, uh, the the room begins to return to a normal temperature once you leave the books alone. Um, Azara, um, I don't know if this has to be verbally out loud um, or kind of in her heart or in her mind, but I know mm-hmm. that at this point, um, Azara is probably reaching out to Airdrie, trying to contact her, just letting her know that she's terrified and afraid mm. and doesn't know what is going to happen or if she's going to make it or if there could be divine intervention of any type, but she's just so scared that she won't get to learn what more Airdrie has to teach her and and mm. kind of falls asleep and, and rests or goes into this trance, like calling out to her goddess. Mm. Okay, noted, noted. So, Tarkle's going to take first watch, from my understanding. Are you going to watch the whole time, Tarkle? Or are you going to swap with somebody halfway through so that you can rest? Or what's the plan here? Um, if I stay up, we, we haven't been up long enough where I would suffer any effects of exhaustion, right? This is just the... I'm, yeah, like you have to be like staying up, you know, two days kind of thing without sleep for me to start thinking about exhaustion. If gotcha. you don't, it, you can just take a short rest if you like, so you can spend hit dice to regain any hit points. Um, but yeah, you can just. But it's easy rest. for us to switch off with the four-hour thing, right? True, like, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think Tarkle's well. just like personality-wise, he's like, he, well, uh, he doesn't have any damage, so he doesn't really need to rest. Oh, okay. oh well, isn't um, that nice for Tarkle? <laughs> but personality-wise, he just hey, doesn't I want anything did hit else to Tarkle go wrong. When you first came to this place, I did a lot of damage to Tarkle when he first it's came true. here. Yes, then we had sense. yes, yeah. I was definitely I was definitely beat up at some point, but right now I'm not beat up. So either I was yeah, healed I mean, you or. Could, you could just take a short rest, even if you don't need to spend any hit dice, like your warlock stuff can come back and things like that. Um, and a short rest you can do while you're awake. You're just kind of like sitting there, getting your breath back. True. Uh, so if you want to take a short rest to tackle, that's absolutely fine. Um, cool. So you're just going to watch the whole time. In that case, I would like you to make a perception check for me, please, Tarkle. Okay. I rolled a 19 plus 7, so 26. Okay. Everybody else either drifts off into their elven trances or purrs softly, soundly asleep, uh, in Clive's case. Um, and the whole place becomes eerily quiet. And set there in the dark, with only your dark vision, no external light sources, just black and white, the shadows seemingly writhing around you as if fully alive. You can almost begin to pick out shapes of people, faces... They seem to be haunting you. You occasionally see a message across the frosted glass of a vial. Who are you? Why are you here? Uh, I don't even... I don't think I would respond. I would just kind of like keep my eyes over there. And when I guess when that message shows up, I put my hands up. Like, I thought we already went through this. Like, you know that we're just taking a nap. You just see one final word, rude, and then it frosts over. They just wanted to have a chit-chat. You know, they're stuck. <laughs> Haven't seen a few more hours later, you hear something. You hear the sound of meat hitting stone, this kind of slapping sound, and then something seems to stop outside the door, and you just hear sound of like wood being scraped pressure being pushed against the door something testing it you do anything Tarkle? 
The only thing I would do, uh, let's see. Can I use minor illusion to make a sound outside the room, like behind this sloshing sound that I hear, like maybe over yeah. to the like to the left, into one yeah, of the other. Yeah, kind of like try and picture in your mind. You remember that there was a corridor with like a turning. Yeah. You try and remember that where that is and kind of angle the sound. Yeah, what sound do you make? Uh, I would like to make the sound of footsteps running. Okay, as soon as you make the sound, you hear a kind of. <laughs> That wet slapping noise becomes more fervid and fast, and it seems to drift away from the door. Next hour, you listen, and you can definitely hear movement out there, but it never comes back to the door. And then eventually, silence once again. Nicely done. And it's okay, guys. The wet slapping is just some dude in flip-flops. The snarling is because he hasn't eaten in a while. Everything's fine. He just got out of the pool. Yeah, he's just slap, slap, slapping on the pavement. We Gucci. Slap, slap, slapping. You may all complete a long rest. Azara, your strength returns to normal. Long rest. How do Mm -hmm. I do that? Uh, So your strength was eight. So just go in and under the temporary, I think it's called like damage. You can you can erase that. I think. So Uh, wait. So my let me have a look. My strength is negative five right now. (laughs) Let me have a look. Okay. Uh, Everybody, but you can click the like long rest button. Everybody else, you get your spell slots back, or your hit points, or your things that you normally have. They all reset. Yeah, if you can edit it, uh, I, I will. Think you can. Do not fear. Thank you so much. I can. Once my internet decides to load. <laughs> so, um, strength. But also, yes, if, if have... Zara wakes up feeling that her strength is back, she's, she will place a hand to her Airdrie carved uh, waist cincher, and she'll say thank you. So you sense uh, Azara. So first of all, if you refresh, that should be back up to you now. You did not, all of you, this this applies to all of you, even the elves who don't normally dream, uh, Clive, there's no dreams, there's no visions. There's just an unpleasant blackness in your sleep or your trance. There's no memories. It's like being in a black void uh, and then you either wake up or come out of your trance. Um, you don't sense that there's any real connection or yeah anything's anything's taken place this this place feels very disconnected this mm. this castle this ruin you feel very separated from the things that you that are close to you interesting but yeah you wake up and you have a door covered in vines and uh Tarkle sat down on the floor watching the door uh Oh, you guys are up. Um, there was a, uh, it sounded like a sloshy pirate with long nails outside the room in the middle of the night. Oh, um, wonderful. Well, um, we were warned by a gallow of horrifying undead, partially dead shadow fell creatures. I guess that was one of them. Did it give you any trouble? Or are you, you didn't wake it just, up? It put some pressure on the door, but I, uh, I distracted it. Oh, well done. Thank you. The room does turn cold again and a message, a new message appears. Beware, Radrin. Seek Cecilia. Uh, interestingly enough, that is our exact plan. Do you happen to know, and I, we also must thank you for your hospitality and your time, um, if Cecilia and her lantern are in the tower, in the mage's tower that we head for because we 
would like to find Cecilia to possibly take Radrian down. There is a pause before the room goes cold once again. And this time the message uh, appears perhaps a little less certain. Mm -hmm. When last I saw her, yes, Mm -hmm. much has changed. Even that bit of information is incredible for us. We cannot thank you enough. We are indebted to you, especially as we have taken up your space. And I hope you do not mind the new flowers added by our friend here. Um, But we will leave you to rest and hopefully we can find you peace. Please do. Azar will kind of turn to everyone and go, well, to the horrors, I suppose, shall we? Do I guess I don't have power over these plants anymore, so we'd have to like you, <laughs> you must know bur- you must burn what you them down. I'll yeah. just very Create, I'll try to destroy. Yeah. I I actually will um fire would be very bad in here yeah. because the roots are all connected to the desk and the wooden <laughs> bookshelves and things like that. Yeah, so. I, I'll turn to Tarkal and be like, could you use your sharpest, cleanest blade to make a a bit of a a separation uh, yes yes i understand and i'll pull out because you know the plants can they can grow back if you cut it just right oh yeah that is true uh yeah okay so i'll just choppity chop like i want to try to like i guess just cut out a door <laughs> where the door is and leave the rest sure okay so yeah clive watches you delicately go up with your knife and you know start pruning away it's going to take you a bit of time to like delicately cut away all these vines and things like that in the shape of a kind of doorway to let you kind of move through and open the door. And Agnes is were. hovering over his shoulder like, oh, care- careful with that one. Oh, okay, gentle, <laughs> Five, that, it, not that one. <laughs> it is a painfully long amount of time to leave a room. <laughs> um, but yeah, a tackle takes over maybe sort of like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You manage to kind of cut enough away <laughs> that yeah, you can open the door. Uh, <laughs> and step outside the corridor uh, is the same as it was once before it stretches in impossible ways in the corners of the uh in in the upper corners of this hallway where there are these hanging chandeliers um they're almost like these rifts these cracks in space where rather than the castle's interior the crack seems to show a bizarre landscape beyond a dark shadowed mountain in the shape of a skull, uh, a dark gloomy looking twilight forest. And uh, these fractures almost seem to be windows into a place that isn't where you currently are. Um, There is uh, when you step out of the alchemy lab, uh, you seem to have a short corridor heading to your left that ends in a pair of double doors. And then to your right, the corridor turns swiftly south. So it kind of heads along and then it's another right angled turn uh, away from you. Um, that is the direction you believe the Mage's Tower to be. I believe that Gallo had also informed you that there may be a, the, the, the Mage's Tower was warded, but there was a secret entrance to it. Yes, um, in nearby. the dining room behind the fireplace. There you go. Um, and he pointed us to the southern corridor that's yes that's that's where where the dining dining, said that's where the dining room and the tower is yes all right um well then azara will just kind of gesture with her uh staff and say who wants to go first clive does (laughs) (laughs) off we are then (laughs) 
And yep. does Clive try and move stealthily, or is he just like, nope, we're going down this corridor. Time to go. Yep, here we go then. Nice. He's, he's got soft little kitty feet. He does. He's also a big hulking barbarian man with a giant morning star. So, you know, he's, you know, it's swings and roundabouts. Um, no, you make your way around the corner. Uh, when you do, you see two doors ahead of you. So you kind of take, you head down the corridor, you turn right again. And now in front of you, a uh, short way down a corridor, you see a very intricately carved door. Um, it's emblazoned with symbols of the moon, uh, of stars, uh, and it seems to be much more ornate. Uh, on the left-hand wall, there is a much simpler, plainer door uh, that seems to lead into a room uh, beyond as well. You can hear the sounds of metal scraping on ceramic, and you can hear kind of muttered conversation um, uh, and as Clive kind of makes his way down that corridor, like uh, in the direction that you're heading, you do hear a kind of. Keep that down. Is that behind the doors? Uh, it's coming from behind the plain door. The more ornate door is uh, silent ahead of you. Is the door unlocked? The plain door is not locked. Uh, Clive, do you want to just go up and pop it open? Yep. Sure. Uh, Clive, you step into a rather large, well-furnished dining room, and it appears to be set for a grand banquet. However, the room has fallen into a dark mirror, perhaps its once self. The tapestries on the wall have become tattered and soiled and ruined. The silverware is all tarnished, uh, covered in, in kind of thick layers of grime and dust. And sat at the table... Uh, you now see several undead forms, uh, all wearing tattered noble clothing, but they appear to be warped, uh, their faces gaunt, uh, their eye sockets hollow. Uh, one of them in particular has these kind of burning blue flames where his eyes should be, and he sits at the head of the table. They all appear to be sat in a mock dinner. Uh, you can see several shuffling corpses of peasants uh, carrying grime-covered platters of ash and bones and skulls uh, that kind of hover between them. They seem to place these plates down, shuffle back, and then they return to pick the same plates back up again uh, and carry them away uh, into another room behind the chairs. Um, the, head of the figure at the head of the table with the glowing blue eyes looks up towards you, Clive. Um... Another guest, it seems. One of my brother's guests. Uh, come, do not be rude. Come and sit and dine with me. Um, Azara will quickly message everyone and say, sure. uh, remember, this could be a mirror image of what happened before the fall of this castle. Just play along and we may not have to battle them. If it comes to it, we will. But first, play along. And she'll kind of shoot that out to everyone real suddenly, real quick. <laughs> was play there, along. <laughs> was there, was, okay, so the food at the table, was it also like a mirror image or is that like real? There is no food at the table. The plates oh, okay. of the, the food on the table, all the plates are covered in what appears to be a gray ash, mm. bones, or sort of putrid looking black ichor. Uh, there is there are bottles of wine that appear to be filled with a very brown colored sort of liquid you're not even sure what it is but it is brown or, or very dark red 
hard to tell in the dark vision and light. Um, but yeah, there's no food. There are three figures sat at the table. Uh, all three of them look to be undead, uh, very clearly gaunt, pale skin, pulled tight, rib cages, emaciated, but they're still wearing their finery. Um, there are seven zombies. I'm just going to call them what they are. They are seven zombies, all dressed in peasant garb that appear to be kind of, uh, you know, mate d like waiters or mate d's or, you know, wine servants and things like that. Um, but the figure at the head is just like, ah, uh, come along. You, you must be one of my brothers, Fipu. Yes, yes, yes. The guard captain, he points at you, Clive, when he says that. Yes, guard captain Morgane. Come, come sit and dine with your lord. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll sit down and just like start gnawing on a bone. <laughs> okay, sure. He's just like, ah, oh, healthy appetite. And the rest of you do not be rude. Come sit, dine with me. Yeah, I'll go sit since Azara said to. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll sit right what, next to Tarkle. Young boy, he pats like a chair next to him. <laughs> uh, Tarkle, yes. Ah, uh, my young nephew. Come sit, sit again. Sit with your Uncle Farron. Uncle Farron. Yeah, he, he, he that's what he calls himself. Uh, okay, all right. The other two, the one appears to be a uh, middle-aged man. You can see just these kind of dead gray hairs of a mustache on the his kind of emaciated lip. The other one appears to be a, uh, a kind of older looking woman. Again, it's hard to tell, you know, who they were or their ages because their bodies are so desiccated. Yes. How goes your piano practice, Sophia? When they look at Agnes when they say that. Um, and they, they're gesturing to seats around them. There's a, a uh, the table has three seats uh, one side, three seats on the other side, and then two heads of the table. They occupy uh, two of the seats on the lower half and the head of the table. They ask me how my piano practice has been going, yeah. Sophia? Yeah, and they called, you, called you, they called you Sophia, and they asked how your piano practice has gone. My piano practice? Yes, you are studying with the Lord Maestro. We are. Uh, we look forward to hearing it after Raedrin's ceremony. When is Raedrin's ceremony again? Ah, why it should be very soon, should it not, Lord Farron? Yes, yes. After our dinner has concluded, now eat up. I see this one has a stomach. Uh, Clive, if you're gnawing on these bones, can you make a Constitution saving throw for me, please? Okay. <laughs> Risking it for the biscuit. <laughs> You can see there are very specifically six courses of these disgusting meals laid out, by the way, and the wine that's been. Oh, served. my. Uh, that's a 17. 17. So, I mean, it's vile. This is like old. You've, it's almost like scavengers, like, you know, remnants, you know, like this is probably been here for maybe centuries you're not quite sure it tastes powdery um it's very very unpleasant um but you can you finish off the you know most of these bones on this plate um you kind of stomach it you kind of feel like a little bit of bile rise up but you you keep it down like there's no there's no effect from consuming this thing you manage your your stomach is strong enough that you resist any kind of ill effects from it uh that is one of the plates cleared um yes yes i see that someone has a mighty fine appetite suitable for a guard captain yes try the wine my dear ah yes i see lady lady okelia is here and he gestures to agnes like a fine vintage worthy of your uh your prestige and he has one of the zombies come forward and pours out a glass of this 
filthy looking brown liquid uh, that fills this kind of dusty wine glass uh, beside you. He called me Lady Arcalia or Azara? No, Azara. Ah, uh, okay. um, in my arcane knowledge, would I know <laughs> if my inner illusion, if I, you know, pretend to do it over the back, if it could make, when I put the wine glass down, it looks empty? So I think rather than minor illusion, because my, any kind of spell casting, if it has a, a somatic or verbal component, you have right. to visibly be like, jo, 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 I'm casting a spell. But right. you could definitely try a sleight of hand to try and be like, uh, and like, and then pour it away. Like when they're not looking, you can, you can absolutely try a sleight I of hand. I am going to try a sleight of hand. <laughs> sure. Go for it. Dirty 20. Okay. Yeah. It completely escapes their notice. You manage to kind of pretend to sip and then <clears throat> kind of cover it with a cough and you pour the liquid on the ground. I mean, this thing sizzles a little when it hits the ground, like mm. this, whatever it is, it has, it has turned very, very bad. Um, wow. It stains the stone floor uh, when it hits. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, and he's just like, ah, oh, what do you think, my dear? Uh, a, a fine vintage. It was quite lovely. Thank you. I, I couldn't have any more, possibly. It's, oh, yeah, yes, I, I'm woozy must... already. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, we can't have that. Although Radron is, is quite prone to a beautiful young woman. Yes. Uh, so how are you finding your stay here in Braywinter? Has it been, has my brother's accommodations been to your liking? Uh, they've been um, absolutely wonderful divine couldn't be uh more incredible i i do have um a few questions i i haven't gotten the full tour of these beautiful grounds and i just i'd love to know more about these towers and and these these entrance halls and how Ugh. how does one a boring subject maybe oh. <laughs> that is something to discuss with radrin if you do not wish to talk about hunting or or music or the arts i'm afraid that you'd be far better suited to my scholarly brother than myself is that not right lady petunia yes quite indeed my lord uh, but sophia you did not tell her how is your how is your piano are you my, prepared? Uh, I am as prepared as I possibly could be. Marvelous, marvelous. <laughs> now you must eat up, my dear. We can't have, we must have you full of energy for your big performance. And then she gestures and one of these zombies places this plate of like a black Icarus slime that's just laid in front of you. But I, I'm so nervous that I couldn't possibly eat a bite before I perform. Clive's like, of course. Dying. Clive's like, <laughs> I was like, try the gray stuff. It's delicious. <laughs> Don't believe you. Yes, be our guest. Be our guest. <laughs> Please. Uh, uh, well, if you want to try and get out of uh, eating the slime, you can make a persuasion check for me or, or a deception check, Agnes, to try and convince them persuasion. that you are. Persuasion. Mm, I couldn't possibly them. eat a bite. Yeah. Uh, dirty 20. 20, man you guys are nailing it uh yeah these they kind of um the the older gentleman next to lady petunia is like no no my dear she must if she's too full we don't want her being sick from nerves before her big performance do we no no it's fine sophia my dear eat what little you must uh we don't want you getting too large like uh like that the the peasant women from down in the village do we <laughs> 
Agnes like grimaces at this, but keeps her composure. Yeah, he's a gross old undead dude. And um, then she she yeah. asks, "What what do you if if I perform well, what do you think might happen?" Oh, Lord Radrin will cer- Lord Radrin would most certainly welcome you into his inner circle, my dear. You know that he favors those who are highly skilled in the arts in magic. Uh, you know he is planning something quite spectacular. Uh, Lord Farron and I are eagerly anticipate. We know that he has begun work on his final enchantments below the castle. Uh, the portals are nearly ready. Clive from just off screen slides in across the table and grabs <laughs> Agnes's plate and then just <laughs> slides it back no. over. Yep. Sure. I mean, if if you want to, if Clive eats it, give me a constitution saving throw again. Yeah. Lord. I haven't eaten. Uh, that's uh, uh, 23. 23, yes. Yeah. It's vile. Like, it tastes like bitter and slimy going down. Um, It's not pleasant at all. But again, you kind of are like, you swallow it down. You've probably, I don't think you've ever eaten anything worse, but you've probably eaten <laughs> stuff that's just as bad, you know, rotten meat and things like that. So you kind of like... <clears throat> belch a little kind of let it out um and yeah your stomach again you managed to keep keep everything down no 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 problems uh as you do so uh the only thing that you can really see the only kind of food uh item that's uh there's various other plates but there's also this kind of like it's just a pile of ash it's just like gray dust that's been piled high um onto this plate that seems to be the other thing left farron lord farron uh notions towards you tarkle just like young nephew please come eat eat and he slides that over and you can see him looking tarkle with you into these with these blazing blue flames yes you're going to be a grow up and be a fine servant of the bray winter line not like those weak fools that cling to cecilia and her and her cowardly ways you're going to be a fine scion he he, his little bony hand like pats you on the on the knee like you're a child. He's just like yes, yes. I hate this guy. Uh, <laughs> I would just big Tarko would begrudgingly roll his eyes and eat some eat some delicious eat some slop. dust. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Constitution saving throw for me. There's like a you get like a big wood like you know tarnished dusty spoon and you just watch this powder kind <laughs> of flake off and you're like. Yeah, I rolled. Don't you six. have really good sleight of hand? Yeah, but this guy, I, I, I think no. I think I just roll a six on Constitution. I try to eat some dust. The right. dust goes in your mouth, and it is the most vile thing you have ever tasted or consumed. This is like you're pretty sure you're eating like grave dust or like people dust, and there's just this, <laughs> and the dust kind of kind of comes out in a cloud. You feel sick to your stomach. Uh, you are technically poisoned, uh, the poisoned nice. condition, um, which means you have a disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls. Uh, you're not sure how long for, but you feel sick to your stomach. Like you feel nauseous and queasy. Your tongue goes numb. Like this wasn't just like bad food. There's something vile about this stuff. And it's just like, <clears throat> you, you know, gag and things like that. It's just like, nah, perhaps I was wrong about you. Poor constitution. We'll have to have that. We'll have to have that managed. I shall speak with your mother. Make sure that they serve you proper food. Well, I'm just cracking up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like a dust explosion. 
Can I can I whisper to Azara? Am I close enough? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you can whisper. Uh, they I might. Say, I mean, if you want to try and be cautious about it, I'll, I'll make a roll for them to see if they hear you. Yeah, I'm just yeah, trying sure. to be cautious, and I'm gonna ask her. Like, they don't hear you. Great. Do you think we could find out more about Cecilia from him? Uh, Azara will message back just to really avoid suspicion and say. We may want to try a question or two, but don't push it because if they turn on us, it will be a fight. Um, also, while this is happening, can I look mm-hmm. around the room to see where the fireplace is and if there is something so that it's... looks latchy? Or... <laughs> well, so sat where you are, you're not going to be able to care. You'll have to get up and carefully examine it, which means finding a reason right. to leave the table. But it's exactly opposite the head of the table, Lord Farron. He's looking into the fireplace. It's Great. on the other side of the wall. Uh, it's a kind of, you know, it's it's well-made stone kind of cobbled together. You can see it's quite ornate. There's a shield with the Bray Winter symbol, which is a mountain with an eclipsed uh, kind of sun behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many things. It could be a loose stone. There is definitely, there's some wall sconces, like torches near it as well. Mm-hmm. It could be one of those. You're going to need to get up and examine it with an investigation check to find out. Um while everybody's having their meals and and the nobles are distracted i'm gonna message my friends and tell them look alive there is the fireplace hopefully once dinner is completed they will leave this room and we can find out how to open it if not and i'll just kind of trail off i don't think they ever leave this room do you want to did you want to ask a question agnes about succeeding uh no after she said that i Agnes was reminded that they don't really need to know about okay. Cecilia. They just need to get into the fireplace. So uh, sure. um, as soon as that happens, instead of asking a question about Cecilia, Agnes is going to be like, I'm so nervous. I've caught a chill and try to get up and stand by the fireplace. Oh, do not trouble yourself, Sophia. One of the, what is what we have the help for? He gestures to one of the zombies. Light the fire for my, for my niece. And you see one of these zombies looks to be a kind of, uh, maybe a young half elf man, kind of just completely slack face, just stumbles towards the fireplace. Uh, Lord Farron will be like, well, you've polished off so much of our delicious fare, but now, my favorite, bring out the desserts. Um, And he kind of claps his hands, and from behind him, where there's another door that seems to lead out, this hunched kind of creature. It's not quite a zombie, but it doesn't have the sentience of these other undead. Uh, It's kind of got this long tongue lolling out of its mouth, and it kind of comes in with its hands like scraping along the floor, like in a primate uh, position. Um, But it's carrying in one hand a silver tray, upon which is a decomposing skull with its the top half of its skull removed and a, a kind of gelatinous brain still remaining in it. <laughs> it places it on the table and it slides into the middle. Now, which one of our guests would like the first bite? So did he prevent me from getting up? Because I was trying to go stand by the fire to like... Yeah, like, if he sees you going to stand up, he's like, no, sit down sit down and that's why we have the help my dear uh and yeah you if you like do you want to keep trying to stand up no. do you want to try and be like Azara said not him? to push it so okay. agnes pouts yeah. hey so, i have a question 
Go, please. When I interrupt see this brain, any point. when I yep. see this brain, can Tarkal throw up? Yes. <laughs> In fact, you just there is this just kind of like, and then you just feel it coming. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, you stand up and it just, it's like projectile. It's just yeah. like your your body is trying to expulge whatever it consumed before as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, is that it? You're just like, oh, I want Tarkal to vomit. <laughs> I just wanted him to puke and kind of hope that that would get rid of the poison out of my body. But uh, and I, felt I like think the brain that you definitely excuse. start to feel better. Maybe it's going to linger around for like another minute or so, but you definitely start to feel better. Like if, okay. if a fight kicks off, you're probably still going to be poisoned. But if you can get out of this scenario without a fight, it will probably go away by that point. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like, oh, like even the vomit, like just coats your mouth with gross acidic bile. It does not help that much. Um, but yeah, Lord Farron points at the the jellied brains in the skull. Uh, Who is the first? Most delicious. I've already made my excuses about not being hungry. You've barely eaten anything, Lady Akalak, please. I look at the, the lady, what was it, Lady Petunia? Lady Petunia. me last time. Yeah. Lady Petunia, please explain it to him. Uh, yes, yes. But our dear, our friend here, and she points to Azara, you've barely eaten anything, please. And they slide the tray down uh, towards Azara. Azara, you also notice the zombie kind of flops ne- next to the uh, fire, and it's weakly trying to, like, spark a flame. Um. <gasps> Azara will dramatically, for effect, um, kind of put her hand to her head and say, "Oh, the wine—it's made me oh so dizzy. I, I wouldn't want to end up like the poor nephew, vomiting if I have another bite of food." It really tries sure. to lay it on thick. Sure, give me a performance or a deception check. Not persuasion. <laughs> no, because you are—you are, you are deceiving. Yeah, you are performing. True. Uh, let's see. Deception or where's performance? Ah, they're the same. 19. 19, okay. Oh, very well, dear. Yes, the wine is quite strong. You there, guard captain, you seem to have an appetite. You should take the first bite. I don't want that. (laughs) A BRB. So we're going to take a very quick BRB right now. Uh, I think there may be some technical stuff going on. We're going to take a very quick BRB right now. (laughs) 